On today's show, customer service and dispatching, part two. Now, last week we started a two-part series on customer service and dispatching. Today we'll wrap that content up, so let's join yours truly and Mr. Gary Ellicks right now. Take it away, Gary. This next point here, Gary, alignment specifically with respect to the care of club agreement customers. Talk about how that relates specifically to those customers. Yeah, so I think even back to our question there about uh, California, hey, we got spacing that's occurring. Um, if we have enough club customers, 1,000 per million in revenue, 1,500 is the target number is the KPI. That's really where we want to live. Um, what we have is we're going to have lots of club agreement customers that we'd be running in California right now. When that's occurring, how do we sit down with a client uh, and make sure that they understand what's going on with their total comfort system? Uh, and especially today with SEER 2, uh, we got refrigerant changes that are staring at us. I just did a webinar on that. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, opportunity to sit down with a homeowner and have a conversation with them about what's going on in their world, prepare them for what might need to be a replacement system. Uh, R410A, uh, R22 is, is pretty much gone. Uh, so as we start migrating away from those things, the conversations that we have with customers are key. The other part of that is accessories, uh, apps, cloud-based technologies. Uh, we have so many cool products and services, but if we don't have our technicians in a position where they have time to do it or they're not asked to do it, we didn't train on it, then you, what you end up with is you're just running a lot of calls and your club agreement customers are not going to produce the revenue. So if everybody's out there, I would love you to write down the revenue curve. Every club agreement should be producing $650 or greater annual revenue, not including the price of the club agreement. That's not gonna happen unless you're doing number four properly, meaning that your customer interaction with you as a club agreement customer, Wally, that you're feeling really great, and if I talk to you about humidification, uh, why is that good? So my sister is buying a new furnace up in Akron, Ohio. So she's been, you know, connecting with the call. So there's a company advisor in the house yesterday, and she's texting me. Mm. Now the Poor company guy. advisor. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he was not an effective company advisor. No. I'm not going to name the company, but he. And, and when we were done, I told, I told my sister when we were done. I told my sister when we were done. This guy is not effective. Like he might be a nice human being, but he is not good at his craft. Okay, because. I'm like, you need a humidifier, okay? You're gonna put in a, a high efficiency furnace there. You, you live in North Akron, Ohio. Some winters are dry there, okay? I was born there, I was raised there. It's, it's cold and it's dry in the wintertime. You yeah, need a humidification system. So he didn't even, he, didn't, he never talked to her about it. Okay, so let's fast forward. Let's say he sells her the furnace. Now she's on the club. The technician comes back later as a club member. Mm -hmm. That's an opportunity. So, you know, hey, you know, Mrs. Ellix, I noticed that you don't have a humidification system. Tell me, how's it going in your home? Like in the wintertime, how do you feel? You know, so the ability to sit down and have a conversation with a client, 650 or greater, she's gonna buy a humidifier from somebody. She's yeah. gonna buy it from him at the mm -hmm. front, or she'll buy it from the next company who promotes the service call later. And you talk, uh, again, so much about alignment, uh, generally in the culture, and also what we just talked about in number four there. Yep. But when we're talking about prioritizing a call, uh, VIP urgency list. There's got to be alignment there. Like everybody's got to be on the same page. Talk about yeah. that for a moment. So, you know, there's, there's the old five C's of dispatching, but I think with AI right now, where we're at, Wally, is that we're going to be looking at the, the AI functionality will probably code the calls for us. So based on what's in the database. So if it's an older piece of equipment, 
we'll look at that and say, which technician can fix that particular piece of equipment? We'll have that embedded inside of the software. Right. Uh, if we don't, we need a skills chart. That's pretty basic, but your skills chart becomes something that you put into the computer system. AI will look at that and say, uh, Gary can't do VRV or VRF, so don't send him. Send Wally, Wally can do that. Gary can do heat pumps, so great, send Gary to this call. What we need though, in the alignment side of the prioritization, is we need to be able to do two things. We need to be able to have the dispatcher look at that and say, uh, Gary's father is 95 years old, and he is in a health condition. So we're gonna override the AI. The AI doesn't know that, and so the dispatcher has to be able to go in and recode that. The second thing we need to do is, you know, we need to create the urgency list. One of the, th and, and that's a, a, a term, by the way, that uh, um, is uh, uh, used by uh, Brigham Dickinson. Uh, so the urgency list is where we don't necessarily have the capability to get to that client right now. It's a new customer. So I got club customers that are stacked. So I don't want to lose the customer, but I'll put them on the urgency list. And so if a gap occurs or somebody cancels, I'll get out there and I can take care of that. That's a, that's a functionality. Uh, again, I think AI will be able to accomplish that over time. The third area though would be red flag procedures. Like we're just not taking any new customers at this point. So a lot of companies don't really have that idea. They're just gonna say, well, I wanna grab every customer, we're gonna figure it out, and I'm gonna work my guys and gals until their bones break. And, and I don't think that's really gonna work long term. I think that's a bad culture for your team. So at some point we have to ask the question, um, at when do we want to go into red flag protocol? When our dispatch board is literally filled to the hilt and we have our club customers, we have to prioritize those first. We have to prioritize the elderly, health concer uh, concerns and considerations, overrides with the dispatcher and customer service functionality, be able to go over top of the AI and recode. And then red flag is just, we're not taking any customers. I've been in red flag about four or five times in the last 10 years, mm -hmm. where we literally said to our team, we, we're good. Like we just have to tell customers we're, we're, we're crazy booked. We cannot get to you for several weeks. You really ought to call somebody else. It hurts to do that, yep. but I'm more interested in my team and the health of the person that I'm out. I can't have these guys work until 11 and 12 o'clock at night. They burn right. out. Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of talked about this before, but just to recap it with this bullet point, the dispatcher alignment, trying to align the client need with the capacity of our technicians and our company to support that client. Mm -hmm. uh, any final thoughts on that? You kind of covered that, but just want to. Yeah, I think AI is, is going to be doing that for us in the future. Um, I think AI is going to look at the call. It's going to look at the age of the equipment. It's going to look at the technician skill sets, and it's going to assign Gary to that call. Um, and it's going to be based on profitability. Yeah. So uh, Sarah already has that capability right now where the assignment of the call is based on the actual uh, profitability of that call. So uh, again, the dispatcher has to have the capabilities to override that. So if my 95 year old father, you know, has a, has a, a, a trauma going on and he actually you know, needs a repair to support, for example, you know, the, the ability to take care of his oxygen, uh, his generator has a certain term to it. Let's get out there so the dispatcher could override that and bump me off that call onto something else. So that's exactly where it's going. Something we've all struggled with, I'm sure. It can be frustrating for your technicians, for you. Uh, dispatching plans, routes, and resources to appropriate calls. Uh, talk about that for a moment. AI again. I think we're, we're, where we're at today is uh, we have the ability to have GPS. Google is tied into most of our software systems. Uh, when I was using Successware, it was doing that. Service Titan today. Certainly, um, you know, most of the platforms today will allow the dispatching function and the dispatch board to be able to tie in. Um, one of the interesting things is though, when we do daily huddles, our technicians will say, you know, 
Google's not always right. And Google isn't always right. Sometimes it's not. So it's pretty good, but at the end of the day, I'm always going to listen to my technicians. So as a dispatcher, I would encourage you in a huddle to ask that question, you know, are we giving you the right guidance in terms of route planning? Uh, because the time that we spend, in, uh, especially if we're on flat rate and residential, um, we're billing a very minimal amount for the travel and the diagnostic fee. In our company, that'll be $89. $49 for a club. So we're not billing, you know, you said you were at 470 something, I'm at 524. Those dollars are not being billed for the travel time. So it's inefficient time and we lose productivity as well. So we want to be sure that we understand traffic patterns. We want to understand where things are in construction, uh, which is, you know, in Phoenix, Arizona all year long. Um, you go up north, you know, there's two seasons. There's winter and construction season. So just depends on where you are in the location, but the smarter that the technology is, I think the better we, we have uh, an answer to number seven. And you talked about this about a skills chart and talking about understanding technician competencies and matching that up with the with the various calls. Uh, I, there was a question earlier too I saw come up real quick about you know where, where's the best place to get this skills. Uh, this this list of property skills, is there a software or is it just the manual you do? No, I've sent you a skills chart. You'll get it in your material. Um, that may not be definitive for your company. For example, if you're doing geothermal and you're in the Midwest, you might want something that's tied to that. Uh, but what I do is I give every technician a technical competency test, which is part of, it's out on EGI. It's under human resources. Uh, it's under technical training. And so it's 150 questions, probably 151 questions. Uh, the last one says that, you know, the first thing you do is put your name on here. If you didn't, you fail. It's one of those right. fun jokes. The, the principle there is I, I, I'm not interested in uh, what they know. I'm interested in what they don't know so that we can create a development and training plan around that so we can build a group of technicians across the board that are very skilled across many, many disciplines. Given that framework, what I need you to do then is transfer that into a skills chart, which is you know just a list of names with their capabilities on what they can actually service, what kind of things they can do, areas that they can't do. They're you know sort of don't send Gary to VRV. He's not certified yet. So Wally, at the end of the day, that's kind of what we're looking for is a list of names and a list of skill sets that the dispatcher and the customer service teams can look at. And that's embedded in the software. That's part of the yeah. software package. And you've really, I think you've, you've made this point very clearly to us, this final, uh, or the number nine bullet point here, how essential it is that the team, the, dispatch, the dispatcher, management, everybody align on the goals and the needs. Any final thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the main thing is uh, daily huddles, uh, weekly management meetings and conversations around the alignment. Uh, and input from the technicians on things that we're doing to them that may not match the philosophies. Yeah. So as a business philosophy, Wally, I want to create space for my technicians uh, to make sure that they have time to talk to a customer about what's going on with their total comfort system. The house has an environmental envelope, insulation, you know, in, humidification, dehumidification, accessories, indoor air quality, all that. That takes time. Um, so there has to be some spacing there. Can't be just go in, diagnose, fix it, and get the heck out. Um, unfortunately, that's what a lot of companies do. So the conversation about client experience, culture, philosophy, and then tactics are all the discussion about alignment. Hi, I'm Daryl Yashinsky. Hey, I'm Bob Larkin. Many of our contractors meet with us monthly, and you chances are have met with us monthly. We found that members have deeper and greater needs. So we came up with Next Level Coaching, 
which is we meet a lot more often and there is accountability to deal with some of the issues of money, growth, finding employees, having an exit strategy to get off this roller coaster. These are the issues that contractors want answers to and we can provide those answers in Next Level Coaching. When you join Next Level Coaching, you're going to find solutions that are easy to implement and logical. Most importantly, we hold you accountable to specifics. We're gonna meet twice a month and have specific to-dos and with those specific to-dos, we're going to discuss and dive into your financials in a very granular way. You're gonna have a clear budget. We'll be able to establish pricing. We're going to help you create leadership programs that build your people. We're going to help you find people. You may think of differing ways to engage employees that will keep them more involved by joining Next Level Coaching. So if you're interested in making more money, growing your company, finding good employees, and developing an exit strategy, give Dell and I a call. We'd be happy to talk to you about Next Level Coaching. And we're gonna see you on the next level. As we move on kind of the next point, I know this is something that's very important to all of us, and it's something we all struggle with, and that's getting the right people. And in this section, Gary is gonna talk about how important that culture fit is. And you talk about 10 attributes, 10 characteristics mm -hmm. of that good culture fit. The first one here, uh, people that are focused on the client experience. Talk about that for us. Yeah, so I, I, I basically told Jesse at uh, Albernaz, Jesse, I need some of your DNA. I gotta clone you. Mm -hmm. I, I need you. I need you in my organizations. I, I mean, we'll train you on what to do, but Jesse's attitude and mindset is who we're looking for. So a um, couple of thoughts here. I think what you wanna do is you wanna test people for that. How do we test people? Well, your interview questions and your scenario-based questions are a key element of that. Most people don't know how to interview well. Uh, unfortunately, what happens is we have an opportunity, we got a job open, uh, somebody comes in, um, they actually show up, which is remarkable. Um, they look the part. And so we're looking at this and saying, well, gosh, I hope they, they have some technical competencies. We ask them some technical questions and the next thing you know, boom, um, you know, we hire them. So the problem with that is we didn't really do a, a cultural assessment. So the pain point in this situation is if we don't hire them, uh, that means probably I'm doing two jobs or somebody else is having to take care of workflow. Uh, and so there's extra hours that are put in that. But I can assure you hiring the wrong person to fit in the seat on the bus uh, ends up being a, a catastrophic problem. Either they turn into a cancer or they're not an organizational fit. Uh, and we end up having to dehire those. We call that blessing and releasing, Wally. So we're just gonna go ahead and take care of that and move you on in your career. When we, when we have that happen, that's disruptive. So the conversation I wanna have with the team here that's in EGI Contract University land is, um, ask questions that are culturally organized and make scenarios happen and ask questions about how they would handle situations. How will they treat people? They, they can lie to a certain degree, but they can't lie all through the interview process if we have questions that reinforce it. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, I'm getting ready to dehire a couple of people. Um, they don't know it, but I know it. Uh, my business partner knows it. And we're gonna dehire them based on culture. It's not gonna be based on, um, I didn't do this dot, this dot, and this dot on performance. It's just not, it's not culture fit. And so we look back at that and you know, we think we made a mistake. Like how did, we, how did we allow that to get through the net? And so we go back to our process 
And we just feel like we're, we didn't ask enough culture questions that would have identified uh, this person's not a good fit for us. You know, square peg, round hole kind of conversation. Yep. So dispatchers and customer service representatives are front-facing, front-alignment people. Uh, Jesse and the, the two young ladies that were, you know, at the front of Albernaz, um, they, they have to be um, well-ordered in terms of the skills here. So part of that is they have to want to actually behave. And that's hard, Wally. Right. That's the hard part today, is finding people that want to actually behave the way we want them to behave, as opposed to how they want to behave. You know, uh, Gary talks so much about culture, not just in this event, but his big larger trainings, and, uh, and it's, it's such an important part. One of the things I've learned from you so much, Gary, is that there are a few, like, zero exceptions, zero tolerance violations of the culture yep. and of the fit. And I remember a year or two ago, you had in one of your, is your digital marketing agency. company. Yep. Agency. Yep. Uh, and one of the, the fundamental culture values that were broken was lying to you. Yeah. And that was a zero tolerance. And I remember thinking, you know, that, that must be hard uh, because you told me at the time it was a, a person that you spent a lot of time two recruiting. People. It was two, two people, had a lot of money invested in, mm -hmm. but you knew you had to do the right thing to, to, because there were zero tolerances if you make that exception. And we had a situation, we bought this company back in May and June, and their top performer, dude was a stud, absolute rock star, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, service technician, could sell anything, could sell systems. And um, man, we just, we, 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 we loved him. It's like, man, this is what it's all about. And then we, we found out he went out and did an install after hours on, on one of our customers, right? And I remember having the conversation with my team, management team about, man, what should, what should we do? And I'm like, I'm thinking about that situation with you and, and those two folks. I'm like, this is a zero tolerance issue. We don't have any choice, unfortunately. Same thing with stealing or lying to a customer. So well, he stole from you. Yeah, that's absolutely. what he did. He stole from you. Absolutely. Now, organization skills. Would you say on a scale of one to ten, those are important or unimportant? For a dispatcher, very important. Uh, you know, for uh, a visionary, not so important. Right. So I had a conversation yesterday with me. a twenty-five million dollar owner of a company, and he had his whole team on the call and. Uh, he's like, look, I'm a visionary, but I got all these people around me because I don't do details very well. I know that. They know that. Uh, the responsibility here is, you know, their job is to make sure that I don't do something stupid. Uh, so I think from a dispatching point of view, organization skills are crucial because we're moving people around and we have to keep track of a lot of moving pieces. And so organization skills are, are fundamental. I'm going to test that in my interview process. Mm. I'm going to give people organizational challenges and say, how would you deal with all this and have them fit the pieces together? Wow. That's gonna tell me how their thinking pattern works critically. Um, it doesn't mean they're a good person or a bad person. It's gonna challenge their organizational capability. Yeah, that's, that's uh, I, I'd be curious, uh, maybe later on we can talk about what some of those uh, exercises are and how do you do that, because that, that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. uh, sense of urgency, I saw a video on social media yesterday before, and a guy said, losers are never urgent. Losers never have urgency. <laughs> and I thought about, man, how true is that? Winners are always urgent. There's a next thing we got to get done. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Talk to us about that sense of urgency with respect to the importance in a, in a CSR and a dispatcher. Let's do that tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> Here, I saw a t-shirt one time, procrastinators unite tomorrow. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah, I, I, to me, you know, sense of urgency is crucial for a dispatch function. Um, certainly there are times when urgency can get in the way of maybe thinking through details. 
uh, but when we're dealing with customers and we're dealing with a emergency driven business, a labor driven business, sense of urgency is key. Um, we also need to give breaks to people that have sense of high sense of urgency. People tend to be high strung type A personalities, mm -hmm. pretty competitive. Um, so you want to make sure that when they're on vacation, they're on vacation and those types of things. So uh, sense of urgency is key. You got the problem solving one up there too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're gonna face challenges with getting the right people, the right call, the right time, the right place, as efficiently as possible. Uh, how important is it that they have this ability to, to solve problems, work things out? Well, I think back to the Seinfeld episode where Jerry Seinfeld is renting a car and uh, he's got the reservation. He's there and he's, I'm here to pick up my car. She's, do you have a reservation? Like, yes, I have a reservation. <laughs> and he's like, great, I'd like a midsize. And she's like, well, I'm sorry, we don't have any midsize cars. And they go through all things and he's, he's well, you guys know how to take the reservation, but you don't know how to hold the right. reservation. So that's really the most important part. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly the scene you're talking about. It's like, that's the whole point of a reservation. Yeah. So it's the, reserved. So the problem solving side of that from a dispatching point of view is, you know, how do I get the customer to be satisfied with something that may not be the perfect conditions? I've got problems that are gonna occur on a day-to-day -day basis. So people that think quickly on their feet uh, tend to be problem solvers. And so I also think culturally, you wanna empower your people to solve problems. I think one of the challenges that I see in companies that begin to restrict their growth is they don't transfer the ownership level DNA of philosophies into their personnel, meaning they don't move that into their culture. So people that are downstream from an owner don't have the authority to make decisions to solve problems. Companies like Nordstrom's, companies like Albernats, uh, they're empowering their people to solve problems. So I think when we start thinking about mm. dispatchers, customer service, we don't want to be involved. In, I don't want to be involved in every detail. Right. I, I, I can't possibly, I just don't have the physical means or the time to do it. So you got to teach your people how to be good problem solvers. You got to empower them to be problem solvers. You know, it's amazing thinking about that story from the Dallas restaurant. Uh, the waiter and the chef, like they didn't have to go to the owner and say, hey, can we cook Mexican food to this guy? Nope. He's, he's, kind of a, he's kind of a baller. They, they just <laughs> dropped 1500 bucks tonight. They'll probably drop 1500 bucks next time they come in because he loves good wine and good food. Um, good tequila that it's, it's good. It, listen, traveling with Gary is a whole different experience. Class Azul Reposado was what was coming. Man, when I'm traveling by myself, Johnny man, Walker like, Blue, I'm like eating room service and stuff. When I go with Gary, it's like, we're balling, man. We're drinking the best wines. He knows all the great restaurants. But those people didn't have to go get permission from their no. owner to do that for no. you. No. Culturally, they were aware that this is what they would want to happen, to take care of a baller that comes in here that's gonna be a $1,500 table on four people. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, uh, the culture of that organization is, we want the customer to be happy and we don't want you to go to another different restaurant. We want you to come back tomorrow. You're here. They knew we were from out of town. So we had, we had talked to the, you know, the bartender. Mm -hmm. Where are you guys here? Well, we're at a conference. What are you doing? What we're teaching. So they knew they had us for two or three nights. Right. So why not grab the ticket? And the answer, this is Beautiful. exactly the conversation about the humidifier with my sister. Why would you not present that to her? It's the northern climate of Ohio, it's heating season. You're putting in a dry air, 90% furnace, a 95% uh, carrier is what he was quoting. Uh, that, that you didn't give her the opportunity is crazy. So when we're talking about problem solving at the dispatch level, um, getting your best technicians positioned to be able to do the work is the key to the problem solving. Yeah. Awesome content right there as always. Now listen, if you like this content, please share it with your friends via Facebook. If you're not a member, go ahead and click the button below to get a free 30-day trial of our entire Contract University platform. There's an awful lot there and you'll get it for free. 
We'll see you next time, folks. Until then, bye-bye for now.